Hey everyone, welcome to the PC Perspective Podcast. This is episode 569 being recorded Wednesday, December 18th, 2019. Now, uh, we have a very special guest this episode. Uh, Jeremy is on vacation, and so we uh, we had someone fill in for him. You may know him as uh, Dr. No, 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 it's, it's, it's Kate Hewlett. It's better looking <laughs> Hewlett. Yeah, that's right. We couldn't get the better looking Hewlett, so we went with the we went with David Hewlett. Gotcha. Well, yes, you may you may know him from as Dr. Rodney McKay on the Stargate franchise, or as Architect David uh, Worth from the 1997 cult hit Cube. Oh, one wow, of my were you Did you watch Cube? I did. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, on cable TV the first time many yeah. years ago. But uh, picked up amazing little film. Great film. Dude, you made it on Mur- Murdoch Mysteries as well. Uh, well, I didn't make it for long, though, did I? Oh, well, I haven't watched it, so please don't oh, rule never it. Never mind then, no spoilers. <laughs> and uh, I must say, too, as, as I was trying to tell my wife this after this evening as we were getting ready, uh, and I, I told her who was coming on, and as she put it, oh, it's that guy from Hewlett Packard. It's exactly. Mr. Yes. David Hewlett. Yeah, so, I'm, I'm glad I could be a great disappointment to everybody. <laughs> you well, two are you. worth billions of dollars. Congratulations. <laughs> I'm surprised well, and, uh, Jim and she didn't lie. say, hey, it's that guy who was on... Uh, season three of Shining Time Station with George, uh, the that, George Carlin era. That was wow. her second guess. That was her second guess. Was it George then oh, okay. or was it Ringo? I think it was Ringo. I, was it? I don't know. I'm just, I'm basing this on uh, IMDb research, so I could be wrong. Very good. Very good. Yeah, no, I, I can't, I can't remember. I think uh, we never actually worked with them. So oh, it was okay. always, you know, he's very small. I imagine, I imagine the conductor stuff was all like blue screen, green screen stuff. Yeah. If, if they even had blue screens or green screens back then. Yeah. I, mean, I don't even know. They may have just hired very small Ringo stars at that point. <laughs> yeah. It's a long time ago. Oh, man. Well, we're glad you could all join us. Uh, this is our probably our last like official podcast for the year because of Christmas next uh, next week and the New Year's. Uh, we may still have something recorded for you at some point uh, next week. But uh, to make sure you don't miss a live show, please uh, go to PCPro.com slash subscribe. Join our mailing list, and we let you know about an hour or so. Uh, before we go live with these these kind of events, because you don't want to miss the live version. I'm going to edit all the fun stuff out of the final show. It's true. Uh, but uh, again, we're glad you could join us. Uh, let's jump into the show here because uh, we don't want to take too much of David's time. He's a very, very busy man. Oh, I'm so busy. Much... Like, I call and beg you to have me on the show. That's how well, busy I am. And, and, and he's starting to suffer from poor judgment, too, because he, he wanted <laughs> to be an here. Too much time in my basement alone. Uh, so, uh, so let's, uh, let's jump in and talk. Uh, I know you had some stuff you wanted to talk about. You're involved in, uh, in an organization called the tech bandits, right? Yes. It's a very, the organization is a very kind way of putting it. It's basically, I started a tech club. F- well, basically to try to get my kid into, into technology and, and engineering and science, you know, math, all that kind of stuff. Um, he had sort of shown no interest in that. And I, I, he wanted to do PC gaming. So I said, you got to build a PC. So we built a PC. And by we, I mean, he would come down every so often and go like, is it done yet? Um, but kids from around the neighborhood would sort of stop in and go like, Baz is a liar. I'd be like, oh God, what's, you know, what's, what has my son done now? And uh, they'd be like, he said he's building a PC and that can't be true. And so I'd like, well, actually, you know, we bring him downstairs and show him the thing. And I realized that so many of these kids had no idea that there was anything more than sort of a black box that played video games. So I started bringing old PCs in and having them pull it apart. And then they started building stuff. And I was doing some work with on a documentary about um, um, people with uh, sort of severe physical disabilities. So I started talking about that. They got very interested in that. So now I started doing this sort of tech club that uses assistive tech 
to inspire kids to sort of get interested in science, technology, engineering, arts, and math. So that's my that's my latest sort of passion right now is uh, basically getting to hang out with uh, people about my IQ and interest level. Holy cow! Um, I, I I remember that motherboard. Scroll yeah. up. That was your motherboard. Yeah. That was. Well, you I mean, gave it's your motherboard. motherboard. You 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 earned that motherboard. Except, of course, we, I wasn't very smart with Canadian customs, and so it ended up costing you far more because it's a used oh, computer get a, part worth one dollar. And I should have said that instead of being honest. This happens all the time. I'm convinced the Canadians like just on the lookout for me at this point. They're like, "Aha, Hewlett ordered something, or Hewlett's getting something. Nab him. Let's uh, charge him." No, that was great. Oh. Oh, I forgot about that, Josh. You got us a whole bunch of stuff that was used to build. I've now. I've, I'm not going to try to pick it up, but I put it in this great. Um, uh, I call it the stormtrooper case. It's this this beautiful. Actually, I should pick it up. Hang on a second. Let me go get it. Sounds like that NZXT case. Dun dun da 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 da. And I and you know in true PC perspective uh, fashion, I bought it for it having the most LEDs in it. Of course. <laughs> yeah, those yes. are the specs. My specs were what has the most LEDs that blink. Because I thought the kids would get a kick out of it, so that was what we put it in. Ended up putting in, and a number of those kids for the first year are now like building their own PCs and bankrupting their families with, uh, you know, with upgraded uh, GPUs and all sorts of stuff. So, um, so the but the assistive stuff this year is like the big focus. So I'm really kind of excited about that. And uh, how how is Q doing these days? I I haven't heard. He's good. Yeah. I mean, there's actually, there is an SMA. I haven't talked to him for ages, which I, I now feel guilty about. Thank you, Josh. Um, maybe you'd like to give me a nice little paper cut or lemon juice on it as well. That'd be great. Um, but uh, there's a treatment for SMA type two, well, for type one, that, that that is supposedly available in Canada now. But because of the cost, it's being very limited in its in its scope. But she's quite eager that, to, to have that happen. And I've been talking to um, a channel here about trying to start working with people like Q who are doing a lot of amazing stuff online. He's He's got this Cooking with Q show. So a, here's a guy who cannot move except for maybe like a little bit of movement in like one hand. Um, and he does like a daily cooking show. He's constantly, always new of the content coming up, just incredible guy um, with this complete and utter obsession with, uh, uh, with, with sort of cooking inventions. Like he's just, it's not, it's not, it's not just like normal cooking. It's like he's pushing the limits of, of, of all sorts of different areas of sort of culinary science. Um, and, uh, and we met because he sort of talked about, you know, becoming a cyborg and all this kind of stuff, which I got very sort of excited about being a nerd. But he, um, but his passion is really in in the sort of the culinary world, and so he's gone from sort of wanting a to become a cyborg to wanting a cyborg suite that allows him to film the stuff that he does. Because even the most simple things for us, even just tech support, is difficult because he can't move. So he just got to yell at people from you know from from his bed about you know try unplugging this and plugging it back in again, and you know. So, but he's amazing. Has, amazing has he invested in that kitchen thing with the the arms that we looked at that? Yeah. The problem is it's so limited, right? Like it's right now, it's still a, it's still very much sort of like a, almost like a, like a gimmick at this point. It's not, it's, it's pretty dexterous, but it's, 
that's very specific in what it can do. Um, so I think it's one of those things that it's, I, I, I'm, I'm assuming we're at least five, 10 years away from that, that stuff actually being a valid way of, of cooking. Um, and it's all being done by mimicking chefs. So the chefs actually, they do motion capture and the chefs go through and move all the stuff around. So I don't think it's, I'm not even sure they've gone as far as having it, you know, think on its, think on its, uh, on its own. Hmm. So, but yeah, it's amazing. So, so that's, so that's the kind of thing that would happen is I'd be talking about this. The kids would say, what are you doing? And I would say this, or, you know, and I talk about like the robotic kitchen and stuff. And they'd be like, Oh my God, what about that? And so I started bringing robotic arms in and it's just amazing how a bunch of kids who had no interest in this stuff to start could get so far along to the point where they're actually building their own PCs, which I don't know how long they're going to be able to do that for. I mean, what's your sense on this stuff? Do you think we're going to be building PCs in five years time? I mean, Oh yeah. Yeah. You think so? Oh, yeah. In the same way, old cars or like what? I mean, because you don't need to anymore, do you? No, I mean, you know, yeah, we we do have more integration into less silicon, but they're finding more and more software things that requires more silicon that can't be integrated in. And so, mm. you know, we're still going to have GPUs and CPUs. I mean, uh, but, uh, uh, the Epic guy, mm. Sweeney, mm. he always mm. said that, you know, we're, we're going to have this this convergence where everything's going to be on the CPU. But he didn't really look far forward enough to see that, you know, hey, ray tracing is something we can integrate in. That takes a lot of horsepower. And then we've also got, you know, extreme physics, which can do a lot of stuff on the CPU. And suddenly we're, 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 you know, four to six threads on a eight thread CPU for a lot Mm. of these games. And then add on top of that, higher end graphics and we've got monitors that are running at 144 hertz and yeah. above that are now 2k to 4k and it just requires 8K. a lot of the film is going 8k of, now yeah, eventually yeah and so i mean it's it's all the different parts are pushing each other and it, it's not this whole singularity of one piece of silicon mm. that's going to do it all because it can't i mean it's just memory it's memory locality it's it's transistors firing off i mean you mm-hmm. can't make a 500 watt tdp chip and and hope to cool it and do it effectively and get good yields because the thing's going to be massive so mm-hmm. yeah no building pcs funny, is going to be there for years and years and years well that's good because i love it i mean i absolutely love it there's just i you know i was wasn't sure whether that was something that was going to continue it's, it's legos for adults and kids it is hey obviously. Yeah. Are you guys forgetting that the Mac Pro just launched and that's really, that's the end. Like the, this is the final <laughs> PC that anyone will ever need. Mm-hmm. And you, you know, know, if I'm spending $50,000 on it with wheels. So out of time. Like, it drives synchronized- me crazy. I'm a, I was a huge, huge Mac fan. I went from PC. I built my own PC from like the 8088s, 386s, 486s, the Pentium. And then I was like, screw this. I'm going to Mac. I'm sick of like too many, too many things to figure out. And um, mainly because I'd started, I started a web design company. We needed to be able to just do stuff like instead of troubleshooting stuff all the time. So I switched yeah. to Mac. I thought this is amazing. This is great. And then they went to OS X and I was like, eh, I guess they'll figure it out. And then now when they start releasing uh, like unimaginably expensive computers that they haven't i bought their freaking trash can it's sitting up there and it is literally a trash can 
terrible, yep. terrible system. You know, yeah. I feel like somewhere there's someone laughing at me for buying that. Somewhere in Apple is like, ah, you bought one of those? You got, I actually, but I also have the Newton back here as well. I should have. Oh, well, hey, so you got to pull that. That might actually be worth more. Sometime. So, you know, yeah. No. So I've stopped yeah. being the early adopter now. I'm now going back. I'm now making the move back to PC. So, you know. Well, I mean, people would, would as, as the defenders of the Mac Pro would say without hesitation, it's not meant for you, Mr. Writer, Actor, Director, right. Geek. It's not meant for you. It's meant for YouTubers. Right. It's, so. it's the creators. Is it, can a YouTuber pay for that? No. Apparently. To, well, some yeah, of them they, can. For, for, if you're they, the well, right, like one or two of them. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. If you're MKBHD, then yeah, you got one pre launch and the monitor. Is that that and... sound thing again? No, no, that's Marquez Brownlee, who's yeah, no, probably at 10 million subscribers by now. Yeah. And I, I don't, although did Linus, did Linus get one? I don't think Linus got one. Well, he has them. I don't know if okay. he bought them or was sampling. Thinking like, them, who but... are the top two tech YouTubers? Probably Linus and MKBHD. Right. But yeah, I have, it's funny because I haven't seen Linus. I haven't seen a video from Linus about it. So yeah, I haven't either. The, he's he had some. Pic, he's tweeted some pictures of him. Oh, okay. In okay. in true clickbait. It's like fashion. those concept cars. Like it feels like one of those like, like oh look, you can have it with or without diamonds. I it, it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't seem like a technical innovation to me. It just feels like a, uh, yeah, like I don't know. I, I, yeah, well, because they they use an Intel chip that's got you know yeah. still a decent amount of PCIe lanes. They they have to use a PLX chip, mm-hmm. which is you know it it, it expands that out. To many, many more lanes, it turns into a switch, and yeah, mm-hmm. it's uh, you know if you if they had used Threadripper, they probably wouldn't have had to. But well, they weren't expecting yeah, like gonna, they weren't expecting that, were they? I mean, they oh, they they probably knew all about Threadripper, uh, you know, with the latest silicon. But I, I just don't think that AMD can give them enough working dies, working mm-hmm. chips that Apple requires to be able to be their primary supplier. Mm-hmm. I'd just be curious to how many of those they sell because I, I, yeah, you know, it's, uh, uh, yeah, I just, I feel like I'm feeling very trapped by the Apple, um, you know, the, the Apple architecture now. Like I, I'm just like in general, I, between the iPhones and the, you know, I can't use an Android because my, my son's, because my, the text won't work well with my mm-hmm. son's iPhone. Right. I feel yeah. Like I'm being yeah. trapped, which it's, is a nerd, it's it's a horrible feeling. Yeah, it's a seductive world where you have family members who are on it, and then iMessage is is very compelling because it's great. It pretty much works all the time now, and it works over Wi-Fi or any connection you have, and it works on an airplane. And you know, mm-hmm. you get onto an Android phone, and it becomes a little bit more complicated, and you're having to train. I, I lose when I have to train a family member. Like, okay, when I'm traveling and I don't have service, you can still contact me through this messaging app. But then they're all on iPhone. So it's like, why can't I just text you? It's not going through. Like, yeah. Right. So, yeah. So they're not, you're trying to get them on WhatsApp and stuff. Is that right? Yeah. Like I, I suggest alternatives if I'm going through a period of time where I'm on an Android phone, but then I invariably switch back just because my wife is on an Apple phone and mm. other family members are on Apple devices and it's just a lot easier. So, hey, you know what? If you, if you don't have a walled garden, you can't make the pretty flowers grow. Well, but they used to, I would agree with that before. It used to be that way. I felt like with the, when, with OS nine, I guess that the, those, the last, well, the last few years of the original operating system, that thing was bulletproof. I mean, it was just 
it could do anything. I remember setting a day aside to install new software and we were done in 15 minutes. I couldn't get over it. C coming from a PC world where you're constantly trying to figure stuff out back then. Um, but since then, I, I find there's an awful, I still find myself doing a lot of troubleshooting now that I never used to do before, especially with this trash can, which I, again, I'm very resentful of that because I, I had to return two of them because of, um, there was, um, I think it was, memory failure there was some of the, the 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 yeah i think it was some of the sd was either the sd card or the memory i can't remember and one and then the other one was something else but literally two almost six thousand dollar computers sent back because they just they just didn't work that's so, and even that's now money it's, it's, well spent <laughs> yeah yeah well I, um, I just had to have my macbook pro replaced after only a year because the logic board died out of uh, warranty like by a month and uh, yeah, I they, just don't feel like it's there with what they they're not as bulletproof as they used to be. I, yeah, I really I, don't think so. Well, for me, the biggest surprise is when I got it back because when Apple does repair, they replace everything and they had upgraded me to Catalina. And that, that's the latest version of Mac OS. And it's it is not good. It is sluggish. And half your software and, doesn't run. That's the other uh, thing. I yeah, yeah, that was less of a yeah. problem for me because I kind of saw that coming. But it, it, there's just just working with the OS. It's it's weird. It just doesn't feel right. Some things mm. there's like weird pauses and. And, and just glitches, but uh, yeah. I so was just so excited when they went to OSX. I thought, oh, great. we got some real Unix in here. We got, a, I've got, you know, I finally, I've got my terminal back. I, mm -hmm. I was all, I was all excited about it. And I, I feel like there's still potential there. I still, you know, I, I think I've used it for so long now that it's, it, well, I'm sure there will be a laptop or a, or, or a desktop kicking around. That's going to be Mac, but I, I'm making a concerted effort somewhat painfully to move back to, to windows um you know windows 10 is just a very different beast than the windows that i left back in you know whenever yeah. it was yeah the i have personal issues with windows 10 just because when it launched especially because there were issues about data collection and about what exactly were they collecting and what was the telemetry that was going on mm. and the fact that they forced you into windows update on their schedule and not yours Mm. And there were situations where you'd power on a machine and it would go through this seemingly endless update cycle before you could even use it. And some of that stuff has been addressed. But I will say I've watched on the Apple side where up to this latest version, Catalina, it's less and less open. It becomes more restrictive. They have more mm. control over what you're allowed to do with your own operating system. They mm. have done things like uh, blocked previous versions of their own OS from being yeah. visible or like I own them. They used to be in my digital library. I can no longer see them yeah. because they don't want me downloading them anymore. So they just things like that. Like, you know, how they won't sign code for previous iOS versions anymore. So you can't downgrade your iPhone. They're right. starting to do that with the operating system, which feels weird. And they're also fighting in court to stop us being able to fix our own phones and Macs. Yeah. I mean, they, you know, they're actively working against this, which is, so I feel like the whole culture of it has changed so much. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of that started with on the phone side where, yeah, I kind of understood that the, the fingerprint sensor was kind of tied to that motherboard in such a way that you, they wanted you to be an authorized service center to be able to work on the phone. There, there were workarounds for it, but pretty much the only way to work around was to take the old part and put it in uh, the repaired phone. And now there are similar issues with face ID, where if you use the camera unlock system, you can't just swap the screen out with the third party screen. You've got to have theirs. And again, they, they want you to use 
their authorized repair facilities and not do it yourself. And you can end mm. up with a phone that doesn't work properly if you just try mm. to fix it at home. So heaven forbid something might not work. Right, right. Don't play heaven with forbid it. you break a glass screen and then because you're you know fairly competent and good with a screwdriver, you just want to replace it yourself, save some money, and then you have a phone that won't unlock anymore, and you've got to send mm. it off to Apple and pay them $120 to repair the screen. But yeah. I mean, this is why it really al- al- alarmed me to hear kids talking about computers or gaming computers as if they were just black boxes with with game controllers stuck to them. And they had no sense that there were that there were different parts of it. They had no sense that you could build these things. They had no sense that they were repairable. Like, I mean, I think they're growing up in a in a time where these when we're supposed to just toss stuff away. Which, again, I mean, I get it. Some of this stuff is just so integrated that you 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 it's it really is it's 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 trashed if you if you break it. But there's still there's still a lot. I mean, I still hold the the PC. I'm glad to hear Josh saying that the we'll still be building our PCs because I I do think it's. It's important, I think, to have at least a sense of how these things work. I mean, you know, I don't even have to know exactly how a car works, but you want to at least understand that you put gas in it and it, you know, it's running on the gas and, you know, the, the just certain elements of the car that the, just the general sense of it, at least. Whereas the, most of the kids I was dealing with had none at all, none at all, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Well, my, my son's there- seven and he was born into the iPad world. It was already yes. a thing. Yeah. And- as a, as a, you know, I'm a terrible parent, so I just would put an iPad Me in front too. of him as a toddler, and and he would just, t- I mean, that was it. Like that's all he knew, and and it, it goes beyond just like having this black box that just works, but things like uh, commercials on TV. Yeah. When he goes to grandma and grandpa's house and he's watching regular cable, he's like, "What the hell is this? You know why? Right. Why do I have to? Where's the skip? Where's the yeah. skip? Yeah. Where's the yeah. skip? Uh, and there's fingerprints all over my screens. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Why can't I just? Okay. No. Yeah. yeah. Standing on one the, of the worst the mistakes I ever made. One of the worst mistakes I ever made was giving my son an iPad to use at a young age, and also bringing an OLED TV into the house. Oh. Because every day there'd be smear marks and finger marks, yeah. and he'd be trying to figure out how to get the show to move so he could yeah. pick a different episode on the TV. Of course, he was standing on, you know a piece of furniture to get to the TV, which is another issue, but did you just uh, put some painter's tape over it all to cover up the, Uh, I've gone through a variety. I I ended up taking it out of the living room for a while. Like I was that despondent about the situation, but he eventually mostly grew out of it, but it's taken him until age four to figure out that, Oh, not everything is a touchscreen. Okay. Yeah. Which I mean, really it kind of should be. I mean, I, I feel like it's so intuitive. I mean, that's, yeah. You got to give Apple credit for that. They they are, you know. I remember I remember a friend of mine when I first switched from PC to Mac said, "Okay, think about the simplest possible way you would do what you want to do, and chances are that's how it'll work on the on the on the Mac." You know, um, and they were. I was like, "Well, I guess I would just drag it," and it's like, "Oh, there you go. That's that's what you do." You know, um, it was sort of an eye opener to me. Yeah. Well, I, I was working at Apple Retail in 2010, 2011. Oh, wow. Like actually at an Apple store or an Apple? Yeah, I was at Apple Genius in Clarendon, Virginia, the Clarendon oh, wow. store. And um, I'd had, we'd have customers come in, like usually older, you know, like moms and grandmas. And this was uh, right after Apple had introduced the Launchpad interface in Mac OS, which is a very iPad-like. You right. Know. And they'd come in and they'd be standing at the iMac uh, sir, it's broken. It's it's bro- it's not working. And 
it was just interesting to see how even even that that touch everything kind of mentality they were so successful getting that into the consciousness of the public that it even you know it permeated adults too not just kids yeah, yeah i mean it's still it's it's an amazing, it's an amazing company. Like, I think it's extraordinary what it's done and what it is, continues to do. I'm, you know, I, I, I don't think I, I don't think I'm ever going to rid myself entirely of it, but I just feel right now, I mean, it's like they're making computers for the one, for the point, the, the, the point one percent of the one percent. Mm-hmm. Like, it just doesn't see the, you know, I want, I've been dying to get back another one of those 2015 laptops. I mean, those MacBook Pros were, they were the best. Yeah, you yeah know? I agree. My, I um, still regret selling my 2015 MacBook Pro 13. That was great. And everything. Mine died. And, yeah. Mine died. And a, a Stargate fan said, well, I just got a new one. I'll send you my old one. Because it was just sitting around. And I was like, I, I use it all the time still. Because it's just, it's still like the best laptop. So it still had things like, you know, a full-size USB port or two. Yeah. And an SD card reader slot in case you wanted to import photos into Lightroom or something. Like, yeah. it's just amazing Ooh. what you can do with that thing. Wow. Uh, this is like a thing. 2014 Dell that is just, you can hammer it. Yeah. And it still survives. It's just, it's sad. But don't tell it my is, kids I mean, what it's... he's getting for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> I can't be seen in the coffee shop with that, Josh. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you got to put some stickers on it, man. You know. Wait. Oh, it's true. Yeah. But, uh, well, uh, going back to your, your tech bandits, David. So is there a... Uh... <laughs> we kind of had a schedule. To no, no. I just, Don't I just, worry. Jim will edit all the talk as long we'll as stay you on want. Message. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, is there any way uh, like that? You know, so people can, you can, uh, if you're interested, you can go to thetechbandits.com. Is there any yeah. way that you are you accepting donations or help in any way? Yeah, this, this program? Uh, good point. Yeah, I suppose I should do that, shouldn't I? Um, there's, a, I start so this year. Um, I tried a few different ways of doing it. I did. I did. It was a volunteer thing to start. Um, they then moved it to a lunch program, and I thought, oh, great, then I can at least I can cover some of my costs. So I, I, I sort of charged the parents for a year or two on that. Um, but then I found like you'd have kids showing up whose parents hadn't paid. And I was like, what are you going to do? Say no. So I thought this year I'll switch to a, just a donation only thing. I've made a recommended donation for people whose, whose kids are in the, are in the actual class. Um, and then just people have been amazing about just sort of like throwing in a bit here and there with um uh, sort of to help out. And then I'm also trying to do, I'm trying to help, I'm trying to make it a little more appealing by throwing in some Stargate stuff. Like uh, I'm going to do a commentary, which I haven't done for years on, um, uh, on, a, on a show uh, probably before the end of the year, I think now for anybody who donates more than like five bucks or something. And um, my son is threatening to do that with me. And I think Kate, my sister has already, already agreed to do it as well. So um, it's just like that kind of stuff and some t-shirts and just try to keep people interested because it really is about, it's just about, I always say like, I don't teach anything. I, I'm not a teacher. Um, uh, I, I just, I, but I am curious and I, I feel you're, like you're an enabler, dude. I'm an the enabler. first hit yeah. is free. That's it. The but first that's hit exactly technology it. is free, but that's it. I mean, and for me, like I learned this through years of failure. <laughs> like I would just, break stuff. I took stuff apart. I would, I would ask for things for Christmas so I could take them apart. And my parents would be like, why do, like, why would we do, why would we buy the Simon game and you tear it apart in an hour? Um, you know, uh, but you learned so much by taking stuff apart. 
And then eventually I was sort of banned from taking stuff apart in the house. So I, I would just go out and find stuff on garbage days. And I still do. My wife says, of all of your foibles, it is my least favorite one. <laughs> so I come home with like garbage. I come home with old printers because it's great, you know, all sorts of great stuff in printers, uh, motors and, and sensors and, and all sorts of things. So the kids love pulling them apart. Um, I found it like to me, I, I, we got to this point in society, I feel now where I was, I was out looking for my usual garbage run and uh, I found a Roomba. Like robots are disposable now. I was like, I turned to my son. I was like, you don't understand. This is like a moment in history. Like we've got to a point where people will throw out autonomous vehicles. Um, you know, like this is nuts. So of course we got it and we got a new battery and put in a new sensor and the thing works, works fine. And I pulled it apart again, but that's the, you know, but the, the point is we got to work it for a minute. Um, yeah. And I just, I feel like if we lose that sense of that hack, that, that old hacker mentality of like, just let's, I want to see how it works and, and, and being able to give the kids a, a something to pull apart that they don't have to worry about breaking is a big thing for them because people keep going like, it broke. I was like, what do you mean it broke? It broke by itself. You were staring at it and it broke. I was like, well, no, I did this. I said, okay, so don't do that again, but it's broken already. So don't worry about it. Like it's not, you can't break it. It's already broken. Yeah. Um, so, uh, and I just, I loved that. I just loved it. Um, you know, I spent the first probably 10 years of my life trying to make a sonic screwdriver because of Dr. Who, um, you know, uh, cause it just seemed so logical to me. Just that, that makes sense. Like sound moves things, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, and I just, I feel like that inspiration got me, made me learn things that I never would have learned if I hadn't, if I hadn't had that, that inspiration. So that's, yeah, as you say, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm the, I'm the pusher. I'm like the, the science, technology, engineer, arts and math pusher. Um, so, uh, and I hooked up with a great charity here called, um, let's talk uh, science and they just do science inspiration for kids. And they just do all these really like little, um, uh, what do they got? Uh, uh, hydrogen fuel cell cars that you can build in the in, in school, and um, these amazing uh, partnerships with the uh, International Space Station. Oh wow, you're good. Um, like Living Space, that's it. So the Living Space is all about experiments that we can do in the classroom and on Earth here that kids can that can add data to the information the space station needs about what's a, a perfect environment for us to be living on. Um, like CO2 levels um, here don't mean much, but on a space station, you know, you fall asleep and breathe out enough CO2, you're dead. (laughs) You don't wake up because there's a bubble of it above your head that doesn't disperse. Um, You know, so it's just that kind of stuff and neutron radiation. They have little bubble detectors that will show you how to, whether whether it's been struck by by neutron radiation. Um, Just amazing, cool things that I just wish I had uh, I'd had around when I was a kid because I had no interest in this stuff. I I never saw that I never saw the connection between what I was doing after school and what was happening in science class. There was never any connection made for that for me, and I still don't see it. In many cases, I don't I still don't see it happening in schools. Um, it's yeah, almost a, a mystique of of you know what high science is versus what you taking apart something and learning how you know it's like I've got two wires and a light bulb. How do I wrap that around that to make that go? And then you figure it out. It's like, hey, I figured that out. And then yeah. you can go further on. You you read a little bit more about electronics. Next thing you know, you got a you got a breadboard and you're making a simple transistor, and it's just it just moves on from there. It's, it's, I'm kind of sad that Radio Shack left because they had those oh. you know 150 in in one 
you know, science. And then the 301, I had them all. Oh yeah. 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 They were, they were great. And you learned basic things about resistance and. Well, and that brilliant. Did you ever get that brilliant book on electronics, a little paperback with little, it was all done with like little stick figures and it was just brilliant introduction to electronics. So that when I got into science class, and they were like, oh, we're going to do electronics, uh, you know, in term three. In the meantime, turn to page. And you're like, you're done. You're kind of like, what? I've already done electronics. What, what do we get to build something? You know what I mean? Like, um, someone should look that up, though. There's an amazing Radio Shack. I don't think I still have it. I had it for years. It's a little green notebook, basically like a notebook. And it looks hand-drawn. It may have even been hand-drawn at the time. Um, and then, like, like almost photocopied, but it was, it, it was the best introduction to electronics you could ever have. Went into resistance, went into capacity, everything, capacitors, um, uh, circ- all sorts of, that was it. That was it. That was the one. There Watch you go. Getting, Getting started, started electronics. That was it. Oh, good, Jim. Hey, I, I just know how to use the Googles. <laughs> that was great. That's a rare $20 item. I, I searched for, I searched for Radio Shack Green Book Electronics. In that <laughs> <laughs> that's that's yeah. kind of tough. Yeah, thanks, well, Sir uh, and Larry. Yeah, but uh, nice. Yeah, it's amazing. Anyways, yeah. um, no, I know uh, Sebastian. I think you had a, a question you wanted to ask David. Uh, get his thoughts on something about was it uh, graphics Fashion? cards? Right. Uh, well, of course, we can talk about yeah, that too. Well, yeah. Uh, I remember I think the last time I was on the show with you was a few years ago and yeah. VR was really becoming a big thing at the time. I kind of a two part question. One, so you know what back then you were building up a new PC to as a VR system. That was are it. You still, yeah. yeah. Are you still as enthusiastic about VR is my first question, I guess. Not at all. I'm a, I think it's really? an absolute disaster. But have you played was- Beat Saber? It, well, no, there's definitely, there are great games out there. There are, I know, and Beat Saber is fantastic, but it, as a platform, it's still, well, first off, it's something like 30% of the population gets motion sickness and I am one of them. Okay. It's like, it's so frustrating to me because it's like, I, it's like, it's, it, it, it's, it's like some kind of a terrible torture that you're a nerd who can't play the nerdiest of games. I could not play the majority of, of VR games. Um, and I think things seem to be moving towards AR now, but the kids definitely, the kids, ba- like Baz is bugging me to set it back up again because, um, you know, there's definitely a number of games that, that his friends are beginning to pick up on. But even then I went in to play, uh, this, the, the PlayStation version with him the other day and they said, oh no, no, he's not allowed to yet. He's not old enough. And I was like, what's he going to do? And they're like, oh no, there's, they just, uh, well, you're just not supposed to. And I was like, so I went and looked it up. And sure enough, Sony doesn't recommend it for people under a certain age because there, there may be developmental issues that develop. Wow. And I was like, well, then you're done. This is, forget it. If 30, a, half, a third of the population can't use it and no one under the age of so-and-so is able to use it because of possible, possible learning disabilities because of it. I mean, that's nuts, right? Yeah. I, I'm sorry. Is anyone a big VR fan? Not really. I, I have never been able to get into it. I will say, though, a couple of CESs ago, I visited, I don't know if you've ever heard of Toby Eye Tracking. They've done some things oh, with yeah. laptops and the, the eye tracking bar. Yeah, the assistive stuff. They, I do a lot of that. Yeah. yeah. They had a prototype of, I think it was an Oculus Rift that had Toby Eye Tracking inside so that it was looking at your actual eye movements and it was adjusting 
uh, your field of view based on your eye motion. So ah. I tried it out, and instead of feeling sick after a few seconds, it actually started to feel pretty natural because I was able to move my eyes, and then my head could follow my eye movement, which significantly reduced the sort of bird-like yeah. head motions that I was used to. And That's actually I, brilliant. I was playing for like 30 minutes in the booth before I realized it, trying out all the different games, and it was totally fine. I just feel like if that is what people would experience first, mm. that there wouldn't be the, the as many issues with it. Mm. But I'm very sensitive to the motion sickness, and it didn't happen with that. I still haven't really. Oh, seen that's it well. That gives me that gives though. me hope. It's like yeah, you, you were in the '90s and you watched Lawnmower Man, and you wanted that VR sensation. I did totally. It was a Absolutely. terrible movie, but you wanted it. Yep. I did. I still do. I mean, I, you know, it's the, absolutely the Matrix, for God's sake. I mean, like, it's, it's, you yeah. know, just I would have traded them all and in lay down in a bed. I would have, I would have given them all up just to go back. You know, I would have, like, I'm, you know, you I'm know, a Julie Pantheon. You to plug me in. I just lay down in a bed. Yeah. That's like, why would you want to do anything else? I, look, maybe yeah. we'll eventually get to that. I just feel like right now it's, it's incredibly unwieldy. There's that issue, the motion sickness issue, which if they can fix, I'm sure they will fix. But I, I also feel like it, it's also incredibly isolating. Like it's not, um, you know, one of the things that is so intriguing to me about gaming right now is how they're not even game platforms. They're social platforms. I yeah, mean, my quality time with my son is spent gaming now. Um, we have conversations with people from all over the world, uh, you know, some good, some bad. But but. You know, uh, that with the that's just not there with VR yet. It's still a very singular sort of isolated experience, like being back in the basement playing, you know, Doom or something, you know? Yeah. On the standard non-VR side, my question was, has real-time race tracing had any kind of an impact on you? Like, have you seen it? Do you feel like you must have it? Have you, like, upgraded a, a graphics card to, to have better performance with it, or do you not really see the need yet? We're, I think we're ready to move now. Like we're, we've, I I feel like, like that PC is fantastic. I haven't basically touched it since my son got it, but um, you know, it's, it's been, it's been beautifully powerful. Um, We've got like the screens are nowhere near as good as what it can put out at this point. Um, But I, I feel like we're at a point now where I do want to make that. I I mean, I do, we're starting to look at new, at new cards and stuff now. Um, Yeah. Because there's just, it's just, yeah, I mean, there's, I, yeah, this, this, the ads are getting very appealing to me. I'm beginning to, like, the, yeah. the, the, these, you know, the, the, the pre. Uh, I'll tell you, know. you, one of the smartest things that NVIDIA did <clears throat> was to apply RTX to Quake 2. Because how mm. many of us grew up, you know, when I'm, maybe not grew up, but, you know, their, their first really good 3D experience was with Quake 2. And mm. you remember the monsters, you remember the textures, you remember yeah. the effect. And then you come back 20 years later and you load that up in RTX and you're looking around. It's like, it still looks like a 1997 game, but holy crap, there's some really neat things that they're doing yeah. that it just, it feels new. And it's it's a really interesting visceral mm. kind of experience when, when you do the, quake 2 rtx it's it's mm. it's bizarre but yeah i mean that, i'm interested uh, they needed, yeah they needed to do that last year mm. instead of like you know nine months after they released the rtx stuff where everybody's like 
Yeah, big deal. RTX. I'm, it, you right. know, it doesn't make any difference, and it just slows everything down. But to do an AB of, of Quake 2 with Quake 2 RTX, it's just like, holy crap. I mean, it's still a 1997 game with those physics and a lot of mm-hmm. the textures, but the subtleties of lighting and shadow mm-hmm. and and just reflections and all that, it's it's really interesting. It's imp- it, it, you, Hopefully you get a chance to try it. Yeah, I'd love to. You know, I mean, I'm not saying it's like, you know, it's it's the second coming of whoever, but <clears throat> it, it's really interesting. Huh. I mean, I've definitely seen, I've also seen that like the stuff that's happening in Minecraft as well now um, with the shaders and stuff they're using on that. Some beautiful stuff. Yeah, it's, oh, it's yeah, beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, um, the Minecraft RTX stuff is very impressive. Although so that's for me, I'd this, love to. like seeing cyber cyberpunk uh, demos around E3 was kind of shifting me towards okay, I, I can get positive about this. Although the thing I got the most excited about all year it, on that side of things was the Neon Noir demo at CES that huh. uh, the CryEngine people put out, which is platform agnostic. It runs on any graphics card. And it's using real-time ray tracing, but, you know, in, in a different way. It's not uh, RTX specific. Mm. So it's, it, but it was like amazing to see the, the reflections of kind of a Blade Runner looking world really showing nice. off like neon lighting and reflections off yeah. of water and windows. And that kind of sold me on it, especially because the whole demo was presented running on a, a Vega 56 graphics card, so not even a high-end, around a $300 huh. graphics card. So, I, I mean, it's really... I, I don't understand why people go and see movies anymore because, frankly, they're more fun to play. I, I, I mean, you know, I, I feel like we've got to the point now where this stuff is so good that... My son talks about when we'll go and see action movies at the theater, and he'll go, oh, here comes the cartoon part. And it's like he's so aware that there's a distinction between, oh, there's people talking, and now they're now they're animated. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's not even that I don't think it's even the maybe it's that sort of that uncanny valley thing, but I think it's also just like he's there for that part. Like I don't care about the in most of those movies, I don't care about the talking or the acting. Just get on with it. I always complained I was the boring stuff between fun effects. You know, like it's it's you you like I feel like these games are so immersive and so I mean Minecraft, you could just you still I mean still can. We're sort of beginning to get back to it again now, but it's so incredibly immersive, and yet it wasn't visually stunning to start. It, it's and, and a lot of the stuff that the kids are playing now um, do seem to be very simple, very basic stuff that yeah. really aren't pushing the bounds of a lot of the stuff. Um, the big games, I think, are so hard and expensive to develop that they um, um, they they they're beginning to have the problem of, like the movies. They all have to sort of try to appeal to as many people as possible, you know. So be interesting to see how the game sure. industry matures with that stuff. But I'm dying to check out some of this, some of this ray tracing stuff. Cause it's just, uh, I mean, I mean, unfortunately if I do, then I'm going to end up spending money. That's usually the way it works. That's the problem, right? You're going to be spending 500, 600, $700 yeah. on a graphics card to get those better frame rates and have all those. I'll have to start work. doing reviews. <laughs> yes. And <exactly>. benchmarks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but people send you stuff. Yeah. Do. Yeah. Then it becomes well, a lifestyle. Then they want you to actually review it, which becomes it, it cramps my style. It does. Uh, how do you do? Like, how do you deal with that stuff, though? Like, how do you make sure that you're not? So, if people are sending you graphics cards, 
Right. Um, there's no there's no requirement to like be nice about them. You they they want you to be brutal. You are brutal. Do you? I mean, do they? What, like, do people stop sending you stuff if you send them bad reviews? Or what's the? I don't know. I, I, I would assume that, that that would be their only recourse because we're not paid to do the review. They just send the item, and then there's no like. We don't have any pre-existing agreement before they send it. Like, hey, we'll send it, but can we talk to you about it first? Like, what? How are you going to approach this review? Like, so they just send it, and then if if I don't like it, I say I don't like it. I guess a company could stop sending product, but that would probably. But no one stops sending stuff them. to you. No one stops sending you. Yeah. Okay. No, I'm interested. It's, just, it's such a the world of the of the Rocco 5.1 stereo system, and. <laughs> That that is something that probably none of you know about, but <clears throat> it was a group out of Taiwan mm-hmm. who had stereo products or in five point one surround decoder, and they sent out a bunch of them. And I was talking to the PR person, and I was like, "You know what? This is really bad product. It sounds bad when you start really turning it up. It starts crackling. It starts distorting. It's it's really awful. But you know, at least you're you're." your 5.1 decoder works really, really well. And the person's like, don't worry about it. All the reviews are bad. It's a pretty crappy product. Huh. Is this it? Jazz Hipster Rocco 5.1. Jazz Hipster Rocco 5. Wow. It was something else. How did yeah, there were no product so quickly? I, I was... You know, I was kind of positive about it because it had good 5.1 decoding. And so mm. you actually had the surround effects, but the speakers were crap, the subwoofer was crap, and the controls were crap. Mm. But the person was like, yeah, we knew it was bad, but, you know, we appreciate you guys reviewing it, and we'll send you something more if you'd like. Huh. Send us more bad stuff. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, no, thanks. I've got a huge backlog already, but, you know, I appreciate yeah, no. the offer. <laughs> uh, I also think, too, with ray tracing in particular, but the RTX-focused stuff is that we're in this middle ground where, obviously, NVIDIA has refreshed their lineup with the supercards, but still, the mm. best ray tracing card is still the 2080 Ti, which is over a year old now. So mm. we know that there's more coming. I mean, when NVIDIA released this, the I don't remember who said it, but it was true. They were like, well, these are this is ray tracing. It's RTX. These are also, just by the nature of it, the worst RTX performing cards NVIDIA will ever release because everything huh. that comes after will be better. So yeah. with that, with Didn't that. you say story, that every time, though? I mean, like, isn't well, you know, pretty much. Yeah. I pretty guarantee much, you, yeah. this is the worst. This is the worst one you'll see in the next 10 years. Yeah. The 1996 B1000 from Verite is the worst 3D graphics card that you will ever see, but it's the first one that actually supports OpenGL fully. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's the, the thing. thing. Yeah. As long as the API one. sticks around, then it doesn't matter as much. Like this was first generation NVIDIA proprietary mm-hmm. ray tracing technology with mm-hmm. RT cores right there on the GPU die. But if if DX12's implementation of real-time ray tracing lasts for a couple or three or four years and continues to be supported after that, then you'll have your pick of, of cards to follow. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like if if you're it's in all it math, for NVIDIA yeah. specific it's all, ray tracing, it's all math. And mm, there yeah. are certain things that GPUs can do and in, in their shaders and that versus the tensor cores and the RCX cores. I mean, it's just math, and you've got to figure that out, and you got to know what to support. And eventually, 
your general purpose stuff, it will catch up, but it's going to be many, many years. So it's, it's a, it's a land. It's, it's a minefield. Really? Well, the hardware is always so far ahead of the software. The development tools are always so far behind any of the hardware innovations. Oh, it seems that way to me anyways. I don't, you know. Oh, it is. Yeah. They, they're, you could extract more out of current hardware with more time, but that's the problem because within a 12 month span, there's going to be an entire product lineup refresh and, more mm-hmm. cores are going to be thrown at it and higher clock speeds and everything else. So it'll well, never well, the other thing that really muddied the waters, I thought, was the whole the whole cryptocurrency thing, right? Where just all of yeah. a sudden all the cards just became like ridiculously expensive. I didn't even bother looking for a long period of time because I was like, this they just there's this like this all of a sudden there's like these yeah, it's these crappy cards that are worth like all of a sudden they're like thousands of dollars. Like, what the hell? You know. You can only buy them in hundreds. One of the important things, though, is we now have official confirmation that next-gen Xbox and certainly PlayStation will do real-time ray tracing. So huh. that will help push game development down that road. And that's going right. to be AMD as well, so that'll help with the cross-platform adoption. But Right. Well, that's it. If we could get some more standardization, to... it would help. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's more than one way to skid a cat. Unfortunately, it's not sure. just all tension cores and RTX cores. There's it, again, it's just math. Yeah, you can adjust your your silicon. Stupid math. I know. They, Nvidia could <laughs> rewrite the drivers so that, say, an RT capable card, one that actually has the hardware, could use those RT cores and tensor cores, and also allocate a certain number of the shaders to do the same work in the way that they've unlocked it for all the GTX 10 series cards to actually do real-time ray tracing using shaders. So you can mm-hmm. kind of like double up on it and say, okay, well, we see you're running this at 1080. We don't need all of these cores to run this at 1080 high, so we can allocate those to better ray tracing performance. That's never going to happen. That's really complicated, but it would it would hurt their next generation were they to do that, were they to completely rewrite the drivers and say, hey, let's absolutely maximize Let's say that the RTX 2080 is now the ultimate 1080 gaming card with ray tracing when that card is sold really for 1440 and even 4K gaming. So mm-hmm. it's, it's just not going to happen. Good way to spend 700 bucks. At least. More in Canada. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Add what? 30% to US prices oh. and that's a Canadian price usually? Yeah, if Josh sends it, they'll add a big customs thing on it. Oh, no. Yeah. Ah, terrible. What are you talking about? Those custom declarations, Josh. What? So Everything is a dollar. You get the twenty eighty Ti now. Then is that what you is that is that where you'd go with that? The if well, if you were going after the highest frame rate, yeah, there's a huge ga- gap between the twenty eighty Super at six ninety nine and the twenty eighty Ti. It's just it's just significantly faster mm. or any time anything. And it's real got time more memory. Tracing. Eleven yeah. gigs versus eight. eleven and gigs on it. Yeah. Oh wow! Wow. Okay. But I mean, if you can hold off until next year, there, there could be, be twelve gigs with extra right. memory channels. Right. But they don't do that. But even the amount of, but it also depends on. I mean, surely, and they can pump that kind of memory. They can make use of it. That like, is it is it that useful? The bandwidth is available to do that kind of like 11 gigs back and forth like that. I mean, you know, it's funny that you say that because early this year in February, when AMD launched the Radeon seven graphics card that had 16 gigabytes of memory, they mm. were trying to show these use cases where that actually made sense. They were talking about basically the, 
uh, super sampling stuff you can do within the driver and and re render at a much higher resolution and then down sample to your monitor's resolution. And they were coming up with these scenarios where it was using 12, 13, 14 gigabytes of memory. Mm -hmm. But the performance was terrible because the GPU itself wasn't fast enough to push okay. that any higher than I think maybe up to 40 frames per second. So right. it was just silly. We don't need that much frame buffer yet. Right. Yeah. It's yeah, I mean, I'll I think I'll probably hold off because I do feel like we're just around the corner for some fun new stuff, um, even if it's just to make the stuff that's available now a bit cheaper. Um, oh, yeah, you know, sure. Because I, I got to buy two now of everything, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, at least the 2060 Super is a overall pretty good card. Mm. They can do mm. a lot of stuff. Uh, that's around 400. Well, I, uh, probably 500 or more in Canada. But yeah, that's... 1200 I, probably, yeah. Yeah, I, I like that card at 400. I think the 2060 Super is great because it's almost all the way to an RTX 2070, which mm -hmm. for most of the year was selling for 499. And then, right. of course, they slotted in the 2070 Super, which is within about 5 to 10% of a RTX 2080. It, it, everything got really complicated because they added these Super cards. And even though they officially discontinued the 2070 and 2080 vanilla cards, they're mm -hmm. still out there in the retail channels. So you've got... You've got NVIDIA stuff at seemingly every imaginable price point. And you've got to be careful when you're shopping too, because wait a minute, does that say super? Is the model number on that 2070S or 2070? Where's That's the S? That's it. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I feel like there's almost a, there's almost kind of a, I mean, you almost just give up where you sort of like, I, you know what? I don't want to bother with it yet. I mean, I just, you know, it's, it's one of those things I need to research at some point. I did actually, yeah. before, whenever I, before I come on the show ever, ever, like I'm always like, it's all about the homework. <laughs> I'm just, I'm always like, I got it. Like I got it. It's like, it's like, um, I was, my wife was joking. I went to the doctor yesterday and I worked out for the first time in like a month before I went. She's like, you can't yeah. catch up in the hour before you go to the doctor. It's like, I was like, but at least I'll look healthy. I'll look sort of fleshed and stuff. No, so, like, so why is you identify this rash for me? That, <laughs> yeah, oh. there you go. Great, thank you, Josh. I oh dear God, well, thank will, God there's say... no ray tracing on that. <laughs> no, no, that's that's no, cancellation. <laughs> <laughs> that's an old technology. Mm -hmm. Well, like, mm. David, I'm glad to hear you. You do some research, even even at the last hour. But that's more than the normal preparation of the crew here. I can attest. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. It's usually like, oh, should I turn my computer on because the podcast starts in four minutes? Yeah, that's my preparation. <laughs> what's what's on the agenda? All right. Yeah, oh, yeah we agenda, I'll read the right. show notes during the intro. Yeah, well, that's right. I, I I told you, David. Like the sometimes those show notes are still in flux after the show has started. Right, uh, right. Or, well, we were going to talk about SETI at home, wasn't that one of the that was the other one I was. Yes. Um, well, real quick, I want to just mention uh, Josh did another interview this week. Uh, he, oh, that's he right. Yeah, interviewed yeah. Uh, 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 Dave, Dave Graham, Graham, who's from Dell, Dell Technologies. MBG. Yes. Yo, yo, yo. <laughs> uh, Look at that. A, I mean, he, he's, he's, in a, a, he's in a minivan, and he's going he looks, places. Mm -hmm. He looks well, the, he's so much friendlier in, in, when you see him on the actual interview. He looks much friendlier. Yeah, I, I, I do want to clarify. This is the picture he intentionally gave me to use. So... Hmm. Um, I wasn't trying yeah, to say Dell. This was the Dell authorized picture that you could yes. use. Oh, is there, it? It looks like it's like I the don't. face of a man who's about to pull over and tell the kids to shut up. There, <laughs> there was a comment He's had here. Enough. Yeah, that's uh, it. If I, yeah, I that is a great comment. <laughs> yeah. Not sure where he is going in that minivan, but the beard and gaze tell me there is little that will stop him. 
Oh, really? See, they've gone the opposite with it. I thought he was about to pull over. Okay, yeah. But I'm well, a dad, so... I don't know. know. I mean, it's a nuanced performance from him here. I think you can read a lot into this still image. It's about, so funny know, because he just doesn't come across. He's so laid back in the... I start, I haven't watched the whole thing, but I started I started watching it because it's just it was fascinating, so... Yeah, so it's, what is it's this? He's great... sipping on a mug of something. This is, I feel like I was tea. led to believe he was going to be driving a minivan. I've also got to get a logo that sits just perfectly right. <laughs> like he's just got that Dell just runs right. It's almost like he's got his own, got his own little, uh, that lower third. Lower third. Yeah. Lower third. He's got his own lower third. I need, Jim, I need my own lower third. Yeah. I'll, I'll work I'm going to get a tattoo okay. of like, right here. <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah. You know, I got to watch for overhang, but yeah, you know. No. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so so Josh and, and Dave talked for about an hour on uh, all kinds of stuff. Uh, Dell's current portfolio, uh, Dave's thoughts on AMD, uh, networking technology, the trends in the industry. So that's another great conversation from Josh. So check that out over at uh, pcpro.com uh, where you can see the video and, and the links and, and find out where you can go contact Dave if you've got your own questions for him. So yeah, and, and, Did you and know the one before, thing that... Josh? Uh, I, I've met him some months ago. Well, not yeah. actually physically, just over Twitter. Huh. And he, he, he thought that, hey, you know, it'd, it'd be really nice to have an interview with you guys. And I was like, yeah, but you're, you're a Dell scrub and you look funny and I don't want to do anything because I'm lazy. <clears throat> but no, everything came around and, and he was he was excited to do the uh, interview and and a uh, really good guy. And, you know, the things that that. You know, usual the, the the regular desktop users and notebook users and that we don't realize the infrastructure behind a lot of these servers. And he talked mm-hmm. about Infiniband. He talked about how they handle massive IOs. It's like, you know, it's like, hey, Samsung has this, you know, half height, half length PCIe 4.0 card that does something like eight gigabytes per second of reads and writes. Mm. And he said, you know what, that's that's really fast in, in a singular thing, but in enterprise, w- we have technologies in the back end that you can just expand. And even if you've got spinning disks, you can just have so much bandwidth and so low latency because of the 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 infrastructure there and stuff that, you know, is out of the reach of you or I in terms of money. But for these, you know, Fortune 500 car, uh, companies and and internet guys who have you know money to spend, it's it's not a big deal to be able to get that kind of technology. And so, you know, it's really interesting to kind of listen to him and and what he has to say, especially in the enterprise. You know, the the tools that they have and the technology that they have that just you know we don't realize how much of a higher level that is than what we're used to on the desktop and the stuff that we can build ourselves or getting that, you know, Synology NAS that you could plug four, you know, one G and one gigabit ethernet ports in. And you think, you know, I'm really smoking with, with four gigabit of, of aggregate bandwidth. And these guys are, are hitting 200 gigabit in between machines. It's just, it's a really interesting conversation. And Dave is a, super smart guy and he's well read and he knows their product stack up and down so if you get a chance listen to it watch it uh he's a really interesting funny guy really personable 
knows his stuff and uh you know hopefully you you'll get something something out of it and it just shows how dumb i really am and that's worth seeing it is <laughs> and, i thought uh, it was got- he was talking about ethernet how how it's just still hard to beat ethernet because it's you know it's you get enough of them it's still more reliable it's still you know and then going back to it's the tape so drive optimized and, stuff, and yeah expandable it's it's yeah. amazing yeah yeah, it's fascinating. And tapes. It's just, yeah, it was yeah. it was fun to talk about tapes. One of my old jobs was doing backups for for a, a voicemail company. Um, well, I I instigated a, a backup procedure for it and went and bought tape drives and everything because they didn't have any and they had like like you know reams and reams of customer data and they just they weren't even doing backups. Like it was, you know, they'd go and do like they'd like upgrade this like really kludgy old customer service software that was that basically ran their entire voicemail system. And they would do upgrades without doing a backup first. And I was like, I was always like, don't stop. I'm doing backup. Go to have, go have a smoke, have your lunch, come back in four days and I'll have backed up, you know, cause the tapes were just, you know, oh God, they were awful. They're slow, slow. So oh. yeah. I also found that they never worked. Whenever we had to go back to a tape, I almost never returned the stuff that we put on it. Wow, man. That's, that's, that would, because you can't, that's not an instantaneous check. You've got to read and verify yeah. and you won't know until you're done whether it's te- the data that's it. is there but, but it is uh, funny how it just you it's I, I mean i keep coming back to like that netflix thing i bought netflix stocks because i heard an interview with a guy who was originally started the company and he said everyone underestimates the bandwidth of the mail service mm-hmm. everyone's talking about all this video they're going to be able to do and you know everyone's struggling to get this stuff online i can deliver nine movies to you in a night yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> Sneaker net, yeah. That's smart. It's really a sneaker net. That's exactly it. Oh my god, the sneaker net. Yeah, of course. God, I haven't heard that for a while. <laughs> um, was back in the floppy days. It, well, I mean, it's it's and that's but it's still like uh, with was it EC two one of the big backups or maybe Backblaze. If you're if you're doing a major backup, that initial backup, they will just mail you a giant hard drive and then yeah, you ship it brilliant. back because the and they they calculated based on shipping time what the bandwidth is of how many gigabytes per second of data mm-hmm. is actually being transferred in that and so it's uh the wasabi yeah. ball yeah wasabi that their online storage apparently they send you a little mm-hmm. like ball storage unit that you can then send back i thought it was genius i haven't done it yet but it's it's something i probably should do at some point yeah i mean in a in a world where upload bandwidth is still a huge issue regardless mm-hmm. i mean because like here we can get a gigabit down but we're still 20 megabits up at most. Yeah, I and finally that, went fiber here. If it's real fiber, I don't even know if it really is, but and it's made a it's made a considerable difference, and mm-hmm. mainly because mainly because of the upload, the yeah. upload is just so much faster. That's, that's the key. It's still slower, but yeah. but uh, as Josh uh, said for his interview, uh, he said listen to it too because that's uh, that's right. I've I've started putting the audio versions of these interviews into our podcast feed, so you can, oh, good. You can uh, choose how you want to enjoy it. We got a lot of requests for that, so. You'll find the both uh, this interview with David as well as uh, the interview last week with Kevin Crewell uh, in your podcast feed there as well. So hopefully That's smart, you- David it makes a huge difference. Yeah. I like David it's can- just so much easier to have it on in the uh, in my hearing aids that I just mm-hmm. got. Um, he, you know, he, so- he could sweat to the oldies. I can sweat to the oldies. <laughs> yeah, getting uh, kind of well, old. Let's talk about uh, as as uh, David alluded to. We have some some news, some interesting news about SETI at home and Navi graphics cards. Uh, this kind of came out in the last few days. There's some issues with Navi yeah. Open OpenCL, and it's not just this project. But, but basically, if, if you're unfamiliar, I mean, I think most of you know. But SETI at Home is a distributed computing project. 
uh, one Boink. of many out there that takes all this data and all this processing that needs to get done and sends it in little chunks out to thousands or millions of, of uh, computers and, and you all kind of work on little pieces. And that's great, but it, when you do that, you have to have good data integrity. You have to make sure that, that the calculations that are all being done are, are ac accurate. And the way that they do that historically is, is cross-validation. So there's no one computer working on any one data set or any one problem. Uh, you know, I'll work on one and then somebody on the other side of the country will work on the same thing and then we compare our results. And, you know, that, that way you can tell everything's everything's moving uh, moving along and, and is accurate. There is an issue with Navi-based GPUs, so these RX 5700, 5700 XT, throwing up bad data, and even worse, the chance that they're cross-validating that bad data. So two Navi uh, graphics cards will work together on something and both come up with the wrong result, both talk to each other and say, yep, got the same result, we're good, and now the whole data set is polluted. And so mm -hmm. uh, there, there's warnings out there from SETI at home. It looks like it's affecting other distributed computing projects like Folding at Home, other Boink-related uh, 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 projects. Uh, so you, you probably, if, if you are involved in these projects and you have a Navi-based GPU, please pull it out. They're asking people to stop uh, using uh, those cards right now. Uh, the projects themselves are aware of the issue amd is aware of the issue but as of uh this afternoon when i last looked at the threads uh no no solution yet so there's a lot of angry uh, scientists yeah i mean because you think about some of these data sets and how complex they are and, and now the whole thing might have to get thrown out because you can't be sure that some bad data didn't get in mm. you know, snuck in there somewhere hey we got 30 wow signals man <laughs> Have you seen those satellites? The the um the those dishes? They've got like the they have like to me it's like the most the most sci-fi of all of them. That one in the jungle and like was it is in it's in Puerto Rico or something? It's I Puerto Rico. It, I it is Puerto Rico, right? Just yeah. that gorgeous giant dish surrounded by jungle and oh man, it's just like the golden eye, baby. Golden it is. Eye. It's total golden eye. Um, yeah, it's uh, the whole boink thing. I mean, like the the. I guess the thing that I didn't realize, yeah, that's it. Like, look at that thing. Like, that's just Arecibo. You know, yeah, if you're gonna build, if you're gonna, if you're, if you're gonna build a dish, that's the way to do it. <laughs> um, the thing that came, that in the, as I said, I was doing homework. The thing that came out about this that I was fascinated by was that obviously the setting at home is just a it, like is, is ingenious, but the fact that it that it had two purposes. One of them was obviously to try to figure out when ET was phoning home or not, but the other one was just showing the power of this this boink this 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 distributed computing system which has just become the de facto it's like the largest you know the largest collective network of 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 uh of computing available to man now i mean it's just it's extraordinary um yeah and i love that it was that they had to change it because some jerk started hacking it within the first couple of years it was out they started like yeah. faking their results and stuff so that's why they created this new boink thing it was just mm -hmm. it's uh, it's I mean, there's, there's a there's a there's a there's a fun history in there i'm sure somewhere of that couple yeah, of and nerds the, and there's tons of projects so this one obviously searching for radio signals there's the folding at home which is protein folding for medical right. purposes there's uh einstein at home which is uh other it's another cos cosmology related uh, study of looking at galaxy formation huh. uh, so there's all different kinds of projects you can find something that you're interested in and then you can assign your graphics horsepower to that or an inner cpu horsepower but just not not if you have navi if you have navi hold on you know apparently you can also do android you could actually have your android phone yeah yeah well there's oh, not on all of them but on some of them 
so some of the because projects, my phone is not nearly hot enough in my pocket. <laughs> yeah, well, that's it though. So it only uses it if you're at ninety percent and you're plugged in and you're on Wi-Fi. Yep, it's it. There's there's controls for for keeping it. They're trying to make it energy efficient, and it may just be a tiny little bit. But you combine millions of those tiny little bits, and you get mm. Josh. Josh, pretty good. How cold is it in Wyoming right now? You know, it got to a high of thirty six today. And you're complaining about a warm phone. You don't pay money for hand warmers. You could have it right there in your pocket. I mean, all look the time. at David. He's wearing a, a toque. I'm relegated to the basement. It's cold down here. It's we're in yeah, Toronto. Hey. Is this snow? This minus something miserable and but in Celsius, you wouldn't understand. So yeah, um, yeah it's a Canadian thing. Yeah. Well, we re- we replaced our, our resident Canadian with another one. So we've got nice. The nice. Oh, is Jeremy Canadian? Canadian? Yeah, yeah. He's up in Vancouver. He's in Vancouver. It's only it's only 15C in this room right now. By the way, oh, that's that's very um, that's very old man in a sweater of you. That's that's yeah, brisk. Pretty cold. I'm yeah, surprised cold. I can't see your nipples through those antlers. <laughs> that's it. I think I have those gold antlers are really them. real glint. I taped them just so yeah. it wouldn't hey, be a distraction. Showing. Limited chafing with the tape. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, all right, let's continue on with the news uh, so we don't go too long here. <laughs> you can see this spiraling horribly uh, out of control the last time um, I'm invited. I, I, I've been told YouTube is purging channels that aren't commercially viable. So What? Yeah. And kids' channels. And, well, My son told me to start swearing. Otherwise, I was going to be demonetized as children's stuff. Yeah. Um, but uh, some news uh, briefly uh, from Corsair. So Corsair has been buying up some big companies over the last couple of years. They bought uh, Elgato in mid-2018. Earlier this year, mm-hmm. they bought Origin PC. And now they've picked up Scuff Gaming. It's a uh, boutique high-end controller company. Uh, I've never used their products. I've kind of heard of them. They're big in esports uh, areas. They've got uh, you know real high-end uh, custom controllers and uh, stuff in the $150 range. Uh, so you're, you're paying quite a premium over a stock controller. But uh, they claim, you know, very popular uh, adoption amongst esports stuff. I think they said 80 or 90 percent of professional gamers use a scuff gaming product. So if you're into that, uh, it's going to become part of the Corsair family. Uh, it's going to maintain its own brand, just like Elgato and Origin have thus far. So it'll be owned by Corsair, but continue to operate all the warranties and service and everything will uh, will carry over. But uh, you can check out the announcement over at the, the Corsair newsroom and check out the scuff gaming website if you're interested there. We have the Elgato capture. Yeah, Elgato makes good stuff. I've used a lot of their products. The game, I mean, the game controls look gorgeous. I like Mm -hmm. that extra back. The the extra back paddles look like wicked. But yeah, it's uh, similar to the uh, uh, the Xbox uh, Elite controller. They've got Mm -hmm. uh, you know these extra paddles and stuff on the back and extra extra grips and. Because all I need is more freaking things to figure out how to play on Fortnite. Right. Sun's already just running circles around me. <laughs> well, it, Corsair it, it, started out as memory only. Yeah. And then they started oh, expanding great. into, they did uh, some cooling, some all in one cooling. Think I've got then Corsair, they, I think I've got the Corsair cooler. I think it's a Corsair uh, liquid uh, cooler I've got in, uh, in the Bass's yeah. computer. But they just kept expanding. They're such a well run company. It's, it's mm. you know, such a low margin product is memory. But mm. they were able to. You know, add LEDs back, you know, back in 2002 when nobody yeah. else was doing anything like that. They just, gosh, they're, they're, now they're everything. Cases, power supplies, keyboards, mice, yeah. headsets, yeah. everything. And memory. They still do memory. 
Mm-hmm. It's yep. funny, the kid, speak about memory, one of the kids that I got in the, the first year of Tech Bandits, he builds his own PCs now. And I was, and I said, oh, look at those. You know, I was, we were looking at some memory stuff. And I was like, oh, look at those. Look at all the LDs and that. He goes, no. Then you, you're just paying, you're just paying for flash. It's not, it's not, it's not important. I was like, I'm so proud of you. <laughs> nice. <laughs> like, no, green PCBs only. That's what I Yeah, think. exactly. That's it. Um, real quick too, uh, I guess Jeremy, uh, reminded us all that, uh, Windows seven end of life is coming up for the, for the regular folks. If you're still I'm on a uh, volume yet. license, yeah, still on a volume license, you'll be all right. But, uh, January 14th, I think it is, or 15th, one of those mid January. So a few more weeks here. And just as it was with XP a few years ago, you'll start seeing the pop-ups. There'll be no more security updates. So prepare yourself, uh, one way or the other, if you're still on Windows 7, uh, we'll have to, have to move to 10, as uh, Sebastian... When did 7 come out? 8. 2009. Mm, 2009. Was it really so it's 10, well, 10 years. Wow, yeah. It's not bad. It's a yeah. decade. Yeah, yeah. Vista was like 2006. Yeah, Vista was only on the market for three Vista years. Vista was awesome. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, that hurts just to say it. What's funny to me is that the official upgrade path is 10 from 7. It's like 8 and 8.1 never happened. Yeah. They no. never, they Don't were. worry about it. Red-headed mm-hmm. stepchildren who were kicked into the closet. Well, I the am a Windows 8.1 fan. I think it was exactly. a low. 8.1 was great. Very good operating system. Yeah. But. Well, you get another year on that one. Yeah. Yeah. But you can't, can't yeah. you can't buy it anymore. Can't acquire no, you it cannot. unless you already have it. No. no. So. And then uh, real quick, sticking with some bad news from Microsoft, uh, ads are coming back. If you guys remember, uh, they introduced some ads into the built-in Windows 10 apps, things like Mail and Calendar, and you'd get these little little pop-ups and stuff. And, and then Microsoft, uh, in the face of backlash, removed them uh, to their credit, at least temporarily. And uh, unfortunately, it looks like they are coming back. So uh, the only exception is if you're an Office 365 subscriber, you won't see it in things like the Mail app. But for the rest of us, if you're if you're using those apps, you don't have to. But if you are using those native apps, you're going to start seeing the ads come back. And as Jeremy points out, uh, there, there's some some issues where, like in a in a mobile layout. So if you're looking at the uh, Windows Mail app on a smaller display, the ad kind of you can't close it. Like it gets in the way of your mail, and you can't see, you can't get rid of it, you can't uh, access your mail. So it's it's a, a pretty poor implementation as well. So. I mean, I view this as just another reason why we should avoid those built-in apps anyway. There's really no need to use the native apps. Uh, and uh, they had some promise, but if Microsoft's going to take this approach with it, uh, who needs it? Go with uh, Thunderbird. If you need some, you know, a decent mail app, still works. Most Either the operating is, is free. <clears throat> that, uh, mm. Yeah, go ahead, Josh. I was going to say Eudora is gone, so. Yeah. yeah. Thunderbird and yeah. just webmail now. I, my point is, if you're going to have an ad, so we really went low on that one. I was like, that's fine. All over. <laughs> but if you're going to show ads, don't charge for the OS. It, it, it was, yeah. If I were to build a PC today, I would buy an OEM license for this, and they start at around a hundred dollars for the home version. I pay a hundred dollars, and then I still have to see advertising within. I couldn't believe it. The operating system. So it's just, I could not believe it. I paid for an operating system, which I haven't done for years because of Mac. I paid for Windows 10 
And everyone thought I was crazy. They're like, ah, you can get a copy from. So I was like, no, I want to buy it. Like I'm, I'm taking it to kids. I can't, you know, I was like, here, pirate this, it, you know, and it just Adam showed up. Yeah, I was like, yeah. what the, it's like, but then again, this is the problem. I remember going to the theater and paying for my ticket to go and see a movie. And then they put an ad in front of it and I was outraged. Yeah. And then you just get used to it. Right. I mean, I'm now, afraid now the ads are in the movies. What was that? Yeah. Now the ads are in the movies. Like, yeah. We have to stop Thanos, but first I need this Dr. Pepper. Yeah. Yeah. And, hey, it's uh, refreshing though, isn't it? It is. And what a unique flavor. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, excuse me. I just need to, uh, Take a drink. Let me just, yeah. Let me just like cool me product crisp. placement in there. Refreshing. Do, do you right remember there. the the Chevrolet ad about uh, you know it was, it was all this epic thing about taking a Corvette and and beating the the fastest twenty four hours. This was like in nineteen eighty eight eighty nine. So one of the first ads that I saw in the theater. Huh. Hmm. And then there was this there was this track in Texas and they had to do a 24 hour thing and it was you know the ZR1 just you know blasted past the the highest you know average speed it was like 189 miles an hour. Huh. Well, that was that you. was one of my first theater experiences that and Don's IGA with fresh fruits and vegetables. Get this, one of the first ads that they yeah. showed in Toronto was a butter ad. And it starred my little sister, not nice. Kate, another little sister. Oh, wow. What yeah. what, what brand wow. of butter? I it, No, it was just like butter. It was like the Canadian oh, just, dairy just butter. something or another. Yeah, yeah. It was like a, and it was all set to like the Mellow Yellow song or something. And it was just <laughs> and it was just painful. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's that's where we're at now. Ads everywhere. Because, I guess it uh, works. I mean, I guess I, that's all I can assume because does it? It's, I don't know. I mean, it, it, I mean, I guess the 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 ones that you think work are the ones that just build the subtle brand recognition. But some of the mm. stuff is so forced; it it kind of puts a bad taste in my mouth. But I would definitely, if I was a company, I would I would have serious second thoughts about wanting to pay to get advertising on a platform that's that you have that so many people are going to be pissed off to see your <laughs> see yeah. you show up. Well, Actually, that'd be wonder, a great way to stop it. Would just be to say, like, I'm not buying anything that shows up on my Windows. Yeah, uh, and, and well, people have tried that uh, in, ter- in, in other regards of like boycotting certain platforms and, and certain products. But I, I just don't know if it if it has an effect in the long term. I mean, I, I don't think I don't know if Microsoft's ever released statistics, but they bundle like Candy Crush with the Windows installation, and that's an ad. You know, can't, whoever a King or whatever the company is that owns that pays mm-hmm. Microsoft to put that in. And I wonder what their return has been. Have, have they seen player growth? I mean, I just uninstall it every time I have to re, reinstall Windows. But I'm sure that some people have picked it up, and I'm, probably they've had net growth because of it. So, mm-hmm. but uh, we'll see. Just don't use the uh, the apps. Uh, there's a, an app called uh, is it Shut Up Ten that allows you to uh, turn off all the ads and tracking and alerts. So I think Alan Alan picked that as a pick of the week. Uh, a year or two ago <laughs> right that guy but yeah well just keep an eye on it don't use the built-in apps if uh, you don't want ads there uh also uh something a little more positive a classic game has come back to gog sebastian wrote this up for us i remember playing this game like 20 years ago it's blade yeah. runner yeah, the original yeah. westwood 3d adventure yeah it's 
it's kind of hard to believe it's been 22 years. And of course, the game came out years after the movie. Yeah. 1982. There's a really interesting documentary about the development of this, too. If you ever want to check it out, just search around for it. Ars Technica hosts it. It was part of their war story series on like inside the the developer and how the game was made. They invented some technology to make this even happen. Because remember, they were targeting, they weren't just targeting 1997 computer hardware. They actually were trying to make sure it would run all the way back to like a Pentium 90, I think was their target. Hmm. So they had to make something that looked as impressive as possible and played fluidly, but would actually run on very old hardware. And it's it's crazy. This this game was basically lost for a long time. I had a copy, but I couldn't run it on anything. Uh, it didn't wasn't supported. You can't just run it inside of DOSBox because it required Windows. And it wasn't until October of this year that the folks who developed the uh, it's called Scum VM. It's it's something that's it was basically originally designed to run those old Lucas Arts Lucasfilm games that used the Scum system those uh adventure games they've actually developed a build of it that supported this game specifically they had to go out of their way to create support for this old windows game and i actually wasn't shocked when i found out that gog was releasing this because i'm thinking well they have supported other scum games as well so it, it just made sense so the big issue was going to be rights and they they ironed that out and you can actually buy it it's $10 to buy it now. It's actually like 10% off right now for their introductory thing. But to get this, and it actually runs on any platform, it'll run on macOS, it'll run on Linux if you're using Ubuntu 18.04 or higher, I think. And it will run on any version of Windows from 7 through 10. And I briefly tested out just the Scum VM implementation. I haven't actually installed the GOG.com version yet. But... uh it's kind of amazing to have it just install and load when I think of all the times I tried and failed to get this to work on like a Windows <laughs> 7 or a Windows 8 machine. Yeah. <laughs> wouldn't you couldn't do anything. The executable file wouldn't even load. So <laughs> and it's it's a pretty staggering accomplishment to look at it today. Yeah, it looks a little pixelated on a bigger monitor, but far better than you might expect and the actual playability of it is excellent and it's pretty immersive for this era of gaming, even by today's standards, you're, you're a detective, you're a Blade Runner, you're not playing the Harrison Ford character, you're playing a different detective, and it's kind of a side story. It's like a guide-in of the movie. So you're, you're investigating a different crime that also involves replicants. And there are parallels, and there are even similar situations. You can go to the Tyrell Corporation, and you can see Rachel and talk to um, the actual like the, the same characters who, who actually make reference to Harrison Ford's Decker character. And so it's it, th still like, just definitely check it out, watch the video. Uh, it, I think for $10 is absolutely worth it, especially considering I, I'm one of those people who would find the game. And I found it, I think for like $5 when I was thrifting and then spent hours and hours trying to get it to work and wishing I had an old Windows 95, Windows 98 PC up and running just so I could play this one game. And I also hope this is a gateway to more of the Westwood, Studi Westwood Studios games coming to GOG, because, uh, Jim, you would probably know better than I, uh, but I don't think they have any of the other Westwood Windows games. Like, they don't have Command & Conquer Tiberian Sun or anything like that, do they? Um, I 
don't know off the top of my head. Is that that um, required Windows? So, I, and I think any of the stuff that you could get running on DOS, they've probably already supported because they can have a DOS box implementation of it. But uh, I don't know. I think some of those other games are going to be a little bit tougher because they're going to require some kind of a different wrapper. And ScumVM yeah. actually targeted this game specifically to bring it to Windows 10 PCs and Mac OS and Linux. So, yeah, I'm just checking out. If I don't only think someone. It would recreate Archimedean Dynasty, the original. That that was one of the best games that I've ever played. I'd play it again, but yeah, it just doesn't run. And the uh, follow-ons are crap. Crap. I don't think I ever played that. that. I never played it. No, I don't, I don't know that one. I mean, Blade Runner, I remember trying to play, and I could not get it to run. Like, it just crashed every yeah. freaking time. Yeah. I, I played uh, this, it years ago, but... Oh, there you go. Look at that. Another another Westwood game, Tiberian Sun. This was actually what got me into strategy games. It was the first strategy PC game I can ever remember playing at a at a cousin's house, and it was like I just sat there at the computer. I just sat there clicking and making buildings and moving my troops around. Like just got hooked on it. Played it for like three hours. And you know, if you don't have a patched version of it, or you don't have an old PC, you're just not going to get this running. Mm. So it's nice to see older games like that brought back. And I hope this I hope the Command and Conquer series is one that, that comes back too. Oh, yeah. and Blade Runner is just such a God, I, I just love that movie. That was just that was yeah. like that was like one of those like seminal moments for me growing up. I saw this film and I was just like, Oh my god, it's like this is the future. Um Dude, and it's yeah. the, it's today. The future is twenty nineteen. I know yes. I know it's that. No, it's amazing. It's I think it's actually a really great time for them to put it out again. And I think it's I would yeah. totally. I, I mean, I think I'm going to get it just because I just just for pure just retro love, and also just even just listening to that Vangelis soundtrack and oh, yeah. the big fiery off burning things where they are. Just I love that stuff. It's just extraordinary. And uh, Maxius uh, in our Discord chat reminded me that uh, there is the Command and Conquer remastered coming out. Mm. Uh, so that's that's an official EA product. Oh, okay, so yeah, if if they have the remastered coming out, then they're probably not going to have the original available. Yeah. And I got to say, platform. man, I don't. I'm not a fan of the ultra smooth remastered no. look. I love that mm. pixelated look, but I'm yeah. I played it, you know, on a Windows 95 computer when it came out. So, all right, well let's uh, let's finish up the topics uh, for the week. We've got a review from Kent. Uh, he's back with another case review again, taking the burden off of Sebastian, helping him avoid a total breakdown from case reviews. <laughs> but this time, it's the Silverstone PS One Four E. It's a tempered glass mid tower case. I think it's about what sixty bucks. Uh, yeah, retail? it was selling for fifty seven ninety nine when we published this. Okay, <clears throat> so is that a five uh, and a quarter inch drive? It is, Josh. It is. What? Optical no. drives are supported with this case. Wow. Is that not normal anymore? I They're getting it's very, very unusual. Yeah, almost every case we get in for review has a solid front panel and no external mm. drive support. I, just, I was just looking at Tom, Tom Jones would, would tell you that it's not unusual. But that's Tom. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> It wasn't enough to date yourself with a five, with a five and a half. 
<laughs> we got to throw in Tom Jones as well. Just to, <laughs> just to really put the nails uh, in the coffin. Doomed. <laughs> but uh, I guess, uh, so Camp gave it a silver award, uh, right, Sebastian? Yeah, he was he was on the fence about it, uh, and really it was the price because you you come down to with these really budget minded cases. You look at the features, the support, the build quality, and you know I like Silverstone, and they have rock solid stuff. At the lower end, uh, you will see some like thinner materials and like the punch outs. He pointed out the fact that there are punch outs in the back for the expansion card slots, not removable uh, covers. Mm. So. You see things like that when you get down to like $50 range. At 65 it wasn't wild about it, and really it was the $8. It was like, oh, well, if it's selling for 57 then actually it was good enough to be a recommended case because the performance was good. It was right in the middle of the pack as far as noise levels and thermals. It looks nice. It's reasonably sturdy, although you, if you spend more, you will get more. Like I, I personally have played around in the 70 to 80 dollar range a little bit this year the the be quiet i think it was the dark base 500 series is a solidly made case but you're going to spend 79 or so dollars for that case and i think 89 if you want a side panel window so you have to sort of budget in things like that like this has a solid uh, tempered glass side panel one thing it does does help differentiate it is that front uh, external drive bay the five and a quarter inch bay is unusual these days and if you can find a case that has it then that's a whole different product segment you can't really compare this directly to other cases in the 65 70 range because they're not yeah because only boomers bay. will buy this right <sighs> what are you gonna put in it like what are you gonna put in that drive bay like my maybe well, one of drive. my one of my uh, TIAC uh, 1.2 megabytes, five and a quarter inch. I got a Kenwood 57X CD. <laughs> or or the, uh, do you remember the Sound Blaster Odigy Platinum? Oh. I think it was. Oh, they had the yeah. five and a quarter inch yeah, front panel quarter. with the controls. Yeah. Nice. On yeah, you could use it for that. Or a fan controller, five and a quarter inch fan controllers. You know, oh, I still have still the those. LG... HD, DVD, and Blu-ray combo drive. Oh, so that's that's wow. going to go with me into my grave. Does yes. you Be- use it? Because I've got, oh, I've got HD, that. DVD <laughs> drive. <laughs> that's there what you you're go, doing Josh. Yeah, the, the thermal take circle fire. Yep, it's easy installation. Oh, yeah. Beautiful. Oh, look, look at that. Look at it go. Oh, Lord. Meters. I would seriously consider that. That because, thing in the middle, by the way, is a speaker. Definitely check out the LGR video because it's pretty astonishing how bad it sounds. And, you know, the v, the, the single speaker, just the single speaker with the stereo, with the stereo, <laughs> with the stereo. VU meters are mono. It, they they yeah. move up and down regardless of the left and right channel volume oh, level. Oh, that's great. While playing from a single two and a half inch mono speaker. So I think I think we've referenced this LGR video, but I'll have the link in the show notes. You really should watch it if you're into, you know, twenty year old crazy accessories for your five and a quarter. Is LGR? Are they the they're the old the old computer guys. They do all the all the That's, old. It's one one guy basically, Clint. Uh, he's uh, into vintage. He, he started off with vintage games. Now he does all these kind of vintage hardware products and wood grain. Yeah, everything. he goes like thrift shopping and comes back. Yes. With, yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yep. A great does, channel. Do they do those series of. Did he do a series of of stories on old 
like software companies and stuff as well? Did he do like a yeah, history he of has, things? Yeah, he has a series called Tales, LGR. Yeah, there was some Tales. great tech. I saw yeah. a couple of those. Yeah. He hasn't done yeah, one in a really while, good. but those are always very well researched, very interesting. Yeah, like really depressing stories about like the guys who could have been Microsoft and they ended up dying in a car accident. And then yeah, yes. right, yeah, everybody always ends up dying in Tech Tales. Yeah, it's like they're always like miserable. They're like ghost tales yeah. for like. Like that, yeah. They're like ghost stories. It's horribly depressing stuff to fall asleep to. That's for yeah. sure. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get the picks of the week uh, going. Uh, let's see, uh, David. What have you got for us for a pick of the week? Well, I threw in this Google Teachable Machines, and the reason is it's just this amazingly simple interface to this beautiful AI. Um, you know, behemoth that, uh, that, that Google has created. And um, I used it the other day with, uh, on a project for, for a, a little kid's makerspace show where um, I taught it to recognize. So I took, the, I took the most complex, expensive, sophisticated AI available to mankind for free here. Um, and I taught it to recognize farts. So different fart sounds would make the robots move in different directions. And that was my bid to try to inspire a future generation of AI uh, programmers. But it what was... Were you, it, were you like, was it amplitude or volume? What, what was the... It's, well, so so basically it, it's almost like using a picture of the frequencies. Okay. So it's doing very good. It's very good. I, and I didn't know this, but apparently, because I thought, oh, I'll just... It can do if you can do speech recognition. So these little robots that I have, I think they're behind me somewhere. So any of these guys here, the easy bought ones, they you can tie into any of the Microsoft um, uh, AI stuff and and um, uh, and some of the Google stuff, and and you basically stream it to the robot. So what we did in this situation was we took the we took the teachable machines, and then using a little uh, JavaScript we sent the information to these easy robots and then they would respond to what, what, what we taught them. But, but, but basically they're better at images than they are at sound right now still, which is extraordinary because I would have thought that, that images would have been more difficult. Apparently not. Um, so my hunch is that they're not just listening to the sound. They're actually looking at the, the, the frequencies because you, you get a little, you get this little um, thumbnail of what you've recorded um, and I just thought, what was the most inane way of using this brilliant technology? Well, so I, I, I gave it fart. There was fart noises, rubber chickens and stuff. And we just had, we would just make the robots move around based on, based on that. It was complete chaos. But um, uh, it turns out I'm, a, I'm very good at making fart noises, apparently. So. <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah. That's more impressive, I think, is that you can consistently reproduce the sound that you need rather than well, the machine identifying it. But this is the neat thing is you could really do, you, I, I mean, I, I did all sorts of different noises and it's, it, it's incredibly responsive. Like it's really good at picking stuff up. And then there's a whole posing one as well, where it can actually recognize poses. Mm -hmm. um, and then the image recognition of course is just, is basically flawless because it's, it's, they're so good at it, but it's just a really fun way for anybody just to goof around with, with AI um, and sort of get an understanding of just sort of how it, you know, how it could be used. Um, and it's so, they've just done such a great job of laying out how you can integrate it with different things. Um, there's a cute little uh, sorting machine that they created. It's just very, it makes it very accessible. Um, 
and uh, I, yeah, I was just, I was really impressed. I played with it for, for a while and I, I just, I just thought it was, I mean, the potential there is, 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 is amazing. And I, I really like the way they sort of presented it to people. So that was my pick of not just the week, probably of the year for me. Cause you know, cause if you can make fartable robots, that's, you know, <laughs> I'm waiting for Nobel, the Nobel prize people to, to call me up. Well, get, get that Roomba that you rescued from the trash and have it, it respond to the commands from yes. the flatulence. So. Well, Baz wanted one. Baz wanted to program the robot so that when it heard a fart or sensed a fart, it would walk up and point at the person who did it. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Which oh, I man. thought was kind of genius. Methane detector. Yeah. yeah. I was like, look, it's easier. You just get it to point at the dog every time. Let's just, you know. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but we need a, an invasion of the body snatchers type of point where it. Exactly. Yeah, that's oh. it. It's the <laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny because I know. Oh God, that creeped me Bjorn, out. Bjorn, do you guys remember Bjorn three D? Bjorn three D. Bjorn. The website. Yeah, website and the guy. He he works for the Nobel Commission, and so Does he? it was it was it was many many years ago. I was talking to him, and he's like, "Yeah, we tr- we tried to call Al Gore uh, because he'd won this Nobel." And we couldn't because he was in his private jet going over the Atlantic. And so, of course, you know, the, the irony of low, yes. low emission of all that no, was inconvenient. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, no, no. Bjorn 3D works for the Nobel guys as, as wow. a sysadmin. So it's really kind of funny. Huh. There you go. That's oh. it. So it's basically a toy. But I, I, I find it <laughs> fascinating. Well, right, well that's, based uh, on the age-old rule of... Uh, he who smelt it dealt it. Therefore, the robot will always be the guilty party. It's true. And that's always. Go. Although I make the noise, so you know. Oh, it's mm. just recognizing it. So, so that's it's just a, a Pavlovian response mechanism yeah. that you know you you have basically you know it's. I'm not sure where I'm going with this, but it, it's he's not, not salivating. <laughs> I was just going to let you dig that hole when he's on this, the pot. Yeah. So, yeah, no. <laughs> Keep going, right. Christmas sweater. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Teachablemachine.withgoogle.com. I'll have the links in the show notes for you. It really is fun. Check it out. Uh, my pick real quick is uh, it's that time of the year. You're getting lots of requests from your nonprofits and stuff. And one of the ones I think, I mean, obviously, you know, if people are starving and, and you have food banks and actual humanitarian things, by all means. But if you've got a few bucks left over, head over to the Internet Archive. They're doing their fundraiser. They've got a, a matching challenge going on right now. So some some other donor has pledged to match two to one. So it's a good time to give. Uh, I give, you know, I give every year to these guys. It's, this is the Wayback Machine. This is the mm. audio archives. They've got live concerts, books, software. They've uh, a couple of years ago they introduced that video game. Uh, that what do they call it? The Internet Arcade. So it's uh, in browser emulated versions of thousands of classic arcade games. It's just an incredible resource. You know, I, I rely on this all the time. Even if you don't rely on it now, you may rely on it in the future because it's it's collecting and preserving the the internet and uh and all the media associated with it uh because as we know i mean how many times do you go to a, a link and it's dead or load mm-hmm. try to load an image and it's gone you know th- this is stuff that we can never get back and so having these guys there to, to do that work and 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 try to preserve it is really important so head over to archive.org slash donate just like the the hamster in the blender flash yes we can't oh, yeah. we can't lose that from yeah, no that's consciousness or the, the, the hamster rat. in the microwave hey look at me i'm spinning 
I'm spinning. If you donate enough, can you get them to delete things? Like, can, yeah. you, can you? Hey, tell uh, you what, can you lose? Uh, can you lose ninety eight? <laughs> just forget ninety eight. Yeah. yeah, that's probably not a bad idea. Um, all right, so check that out uh, over there, Josh. What have you got for us? You know what? <clears throat> Everybody likes to talk about the X five seventy motherboards. They're pretty good. They're interesting. They've got a lot of technology, but you know what? You can get a really inexpensive X470. And uh, I got one of these for my kid, the Prime X470 Pro. Good power delivery, lots of features, good audio, all the things you want for not a whole lot of money. Now, 132 from Amazon, it's a little high. You can get it from other areas for less. But yeah, I mean, it it supports the 3000 series of, of Ryzen's and still fast. I mean, as long as you don't want to have PCI 4.0, even though they could potentially support it. But, you know, AMD is like, yeah, 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 no, <clears throat> we didn't design for that. Could be crappy, but, you know, otherwise, uh, you know, X470s are still really, really good boards, good chipsets. Good features, not very much money anymore now that the X570s are out. For like 600 bucks for a motherboard. Okay, it's not as common now because they all been cut down in price, but still. 120 to 130 for a really good high-end motherboard is good stuff. All right, so again, that's the Asus Prime X470 Pro, and uh, we'll have the link there as well. We'll, we'll, as Josh said, it's the Amazon price isn't the best. We'll have a link probably to the uh, other places you can find it as well. And, and, uh, I mean, as Josh said too, the, the Ryzen 3000 will work based on what we've heard. There's a good chance Ryzen 4000 will work on this board as well, uh, next year. So, you know, if you're in the AMD ecosystem, you don't have to upgrade the, those motherboards. You don't have to change chipsets every year, like a certain, not other nearly as much as what you have to do with Intel. And you know what else? Passively no. cooled chipset. Mm-hmm. <sighs> no chipset fan on X470. And yeah, you don't get PCIe 4, but chances are you're probably not going to use it. And PCIe Gen 3 M.2 drives are really fast. It's not that big of a so deal. Fast. And X470, it has taken X570 until probably about the last month or so to finally be as reliable to me anyway as x470 has been with ryzen 3000 processors i'm saying like x570 my main test board is now i will now pronounce it stable basically ready to ship but for the first four months it felt like i was beta testing something so Hmm. 470 is a great way to go but the only concern i would have at all is if you get an older stock board that has an old enough bios version that it will not boot with a 3000 series cpu but any cheap Ryzen first or second gen would boot you up long enough to update. So that's that's the only caveat there. If it's if it's newer, they'll it'll be shipping with a recent enough BIOS that it will not be a problem. Mm-hmm. Find a friend. Yeah. Find a friend with a Isn't, Ryzen. Uh, chip. Doesn't AMD have that upgrade kit you can rent? They do. Yeah. Uh, I, I believe they had that at launch. It. I don't know if that's a continuing program or not. That would okay. be good. Mm, it is. Good question. Really, you could rent the chip to upgrade for the new yeah. one. They basically they yeah. would send you the the cheapest compatible chip that would boot you, and then you'd boot, do the BIOS upgrade, and then send it back. And uh, huh. I mean, that's how they advertised huh. it. We haven't really tested that, but they were talking about that being an option. 
Wow. That just seems so low tech. <laughs> well, I mean, so, yeah. Yeah. That's a sneaker net. Right there. I mean, yeah, it works. Yeah. 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 No, absolutely. Yeah. That's the, the hey, downside of maintaining compatibility on, on motherboards. Don't worry. We'll send you an old CPU that has minimal bent pins, but it will let <laughs> right. you. Oh, my God. Up those pins. Yeah. BIOS yeah. update. Yeah. I'd be worried about those pins. Um, Destroy um, your motherboard, dude. Uh, yeah. Sebastian, let's. Uh, what, what have you got for your pick? Uh, this here. is an easy one. Just the Blade Runner <laughs> game we talked about. Gotcha. It's, yeah. Eight ninety nine. Get it. Yeah, nine bucks. And yeah, just save yourself the heartache of trying to get it running. Even if you went down the scum VM route and found a copy at a goodwill for five bucks, it's still gonna take you a long time to copy all the files off all four discs that you need. Just get this and then you you will own it for every platform. Check it out. Let's see, one point two gigs. Not too bad. Is that it? Wow. Yeah. Wow. All right. Well, that's the show for this week. Uh, any uh, closing remarks? My first it was a pleasure. Hard drive. Pleasure was, was ours. 20 megabytes. Yes. <laughs> and it came on a truck. Oh, no. Josh has gone back again. <laughs> oh, no. Hey, my uh, eyes are rolling in the back of my head. I have a lot of old stuff on hand, uh, like this Pentium oh, wow. 200 processor. Still factory sealed in the box. In fact, this... Uh, this DX4 is still factory sealed. You can see it says Intel Corporation on the plastic, if I can point at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've got I've got you beat on old tech, Josh. And I'm younger you, than you. You do, especially unwrapped. Because yeah. I, I actually tidier. unwrapped that stuff and, and used it as compared yeah, to you. True. Yeah. I have I have the unwrapped stuff and the wrapped stuff. It's it's funny. People just want to get rid of this stuff. And I'm saying, give it to me. And I'm actually paying people for it on eBay and stuff. It's just, it's not healthy. But no. it's, you know what, though? That's the stuff. The stuff that is disposable is the stuff that's, that are the, that's the antiques of the future. I'm convinced that all this computer stuff is worth a freaking fortune because it's disposable. People are just throwing it out. You know? Yeah. First yeah, gen Roomba is exactly worth a fortune. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, even with all of your dirt and crud in it. That's just that's even with my dog right there. stuck in yeah, there. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. the same thing. You know, you, you buy a Voodoo Graphics 10 years ago, and it was yeah. 15 bucks. You go on eBay now, and it's now 100 bucks. Is it because really? oh, nobody yeah. is selling it, yeah, their Voodoo Graphics yes. cards. I better yeah. find out what the Newton's worth. Yeah, You if, better. Yeah. That could be your retirement, oh. David. There's definitely been a, a resurgence of that nostalgic throwback, you know, tech and games, vintage gaming, mm-hmm. you know, in the in the mid, you know, the earlier part of this this the century, uh, people, it was all like, oh, what's next? What's next? Bigger, faster, and now we're we're getting to that uh, midlife crisis, nostalgic, like, oh, I gotta mm-hmm. have my eight bit games, I gotta have my eighty eighty six and yeah, original yeah. voodoo, you know. So, I keep looking for a Commodore sixty four. Mm-hmm. You know. I'd love to. I don't know why. I don't know what I'd do with it. I don't even have that. I'm trying to have a monitor would even run on it anymore. I don't have the, you know, the the composite cables and stuff. Forget it. But but uh, but yeah. Just uh, I have a Sinclair, ZX oh, Sinclair. Yeah. yeah. But only because it's my my father in law had it at his place in England. So. Um, oh, sorry, yeah. as you can tell, I can obviously talk all night. So. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm we... chasing an Amiga 500. I will own one someday. Oh yeah, there I you go. Can't imagine spending. 
the 300 plus to get one. And then you have to have a monitor that works. And there's this small list of LCD monitors that'll do the 15 kilohertz refresh that it needs. And it's just this whole world that I don't even want to get into right now. It's We have this thing called Kijiji. I don't know if you guys have that in the States. I've, but Kijiji. It, so yeah. I just bought... I have a it's so it's it's basically just lots of that kind. It's like an eBay almost, mm-hmm. but it's it's kind of like a it's almost like a low rent eBay. But one of the things that I had a search on for the other day was well, I've had for months now, no months, like almost a year now, for electric wheelchairs, mm. and I finally got this beautiful, beautiful condition electric wheelchair for a hundred and fifty bucks. They're like seven thousand dollars. I got yeah. it for like a hundred and fifty bucks. And I'm, that's one of the things we're going to be playing with with Tech Bandits this year. So, uh, uh, yeah, because, you know, because they can hurt themselves with that. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of torque on those motors. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the torque on those things, insa- it also weighs, like, more than most of the children. The thing's insane. <laughs> yeah, yeah Bradley and I are, like, whipping up and down the alley on it. It's amazing. Anyways, there you go. With well, that image in mind. <laughs> good night, uh, TC Fair. Ca- ca- Canadian hospitals have Wi-Fi. Drag right? racing. That's true. Yeah. So uh, we'll we'll come. We'll come to you next from uh, you know Toronto Medical Center. That's right. uh, Everybody, uh, thank thank you, David, for joining us. Uh, If you want to check him out, check out thetechbandits.com. D Hewlett on Twitter. Uh, Any any other places uh, that they can reach you? That's That's good. good. Yeah, we're Uh, all over the place. Twitch, all over the you know. Just yeah, have a look. All right. Well, thank you, David, for joining us. Thank everyone out there for joining us uh, this this week. Again, we probably will not have like a live podcast next week we may have something uh kind of just uploaded to the channel but uh, if we don't if this is the last time we talk to you before christmas and the new year uh, everyone have a great holiday season a good new year uh be safe be happy enjoy your time with friends and family and we'll see you in 2020 take care everyone